All right, come on in, everybody. This is uh, this is the big show. Uh, you know what? I don't even realize. I don't even know what today's date is. It's June sixteenth. It's Wednesday. I knew it was Wednesday, but uh, June sixteenth. You know, I've been gone for a minute. And we're back now. Everything's cool again. Uh, sometimes that happens. You know, you take a little break from something. You come back. You're recharged. You're uh, you're revitalized. You feel uh, you feel strong. And, uh, and that's how I'm feeling today. And we've got a lot of news to cover. Actually, we don't have that much news to cover. And I'm trying to be a little more selective about the news that I share because all y'all are depending on me to just bring you the good stuff. So I'll be bringing the good stuff, even if it means there's a slight, yeah, I don't know, sacrifice in duration of the show. It's just going to be that much better while we're doing it. So cheers to all y'all out there. Uh, but let's get started. You know, I've, I've got to talk to the, this is big, uh, Big press conference coming up uh, that Biden's going to be holding. Basically, uh, if I can find the correct mouse to use. Thank you. I have too many. You know, there's 50 mice. You can't see them, but they're all right here. And they're all the wrong one. So, uh, yeah, this is what's going on there. This is a Biden uh, press conference. It's coming up sometime like really soon. It hasn't started yet. But this is on the heels of this closed door meeting that started that went on today. 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time, it lasted, check this out, three hours, 21 minutes, shorter than the White House had projected. So this is the meeting with Biden and uh, and Putin hanging out together, just chilling. You know, I don't know what they do. I think they're playing playing Monopoly or whatever these guys do behind the, just to kill time, just to kill time. Putin addressed reporters on his own first. Biden is holding a separate press conference. Putin described the meeting as constructive with... (laughs) quotes around it do we do we need that do we need that i don't know oh look sean in the chat room says i stopped listening to the latest back to work to be here great to see you back you know what i gotta i gotta tell you sean you made the right choice this is better than any other show you could be listening to or watching and uh ollie b says hi dan with three exclamation points Biden's press conference is coming up live, like I mentioned it, but uh, this is the interesting part here. So listen, try to read between the lines with me, because that's what the show is all about, reading between the lines. Putin addressed reporters, many from state-owned Russian media, following the meeting. He said the conversations were constructive, quote, I think there was no hostility, quite the contrary. Why would you expect there to be hostility? That's what I don't understand. Why would that be the thing that you come saying, oh, there wasn't hostility? Were you expecting us? Should we be expecting hostility? Why? He said they reached an agreement to start negotiations on cybersecurity, but took no responsibility for cyber attacks and election meddling that U.S. intelligence has blamed on Russia and Russian-based cyber criminals. Let me let me tell you how this works behind the scenes, just so that you all know. Russia, or anyone for that matter, would never, but let's talk about Russia, would never directly attack the United States, cybersecurity attack I'm talking about here. That would not happen. That would never happen. They might fund another company, a country, group, group of actors, whatever. They might fund them in one way or another. And it wouldn't be direct funding. It would be, you know, the kind of funding that happens behind the scenes. But it, they never did that. Russia never did that. And maybe I'm just being cynical. When asked by an American reporter about Russia's human rights abuses and imprisonment of Putin's political opponents, including Alex Navalny, The Russian president brought up the January 6th insurrection, seemingly expressing sympathy for the rioters who were arrested. Quote, people came to the U.S. Congress with political demands, Putin said. They're being called domestic terrorists. Still, Putin described Biden as experienced and balanced. Quote, 
We have to represent our countries and the relationship is a pragmatic one primarily. So no real information from Putin coming out there as expected. But Biden said it's always better to meet face to face. That's the Biden quote on this. So I just wanted to bring you guys up to speed to that and remind you always, always, always read between the lines. The next story that I have here is uh, these pages will finally. There it is. There are cases. Oh, it's time for COVID. And if I had my soundboard, I'd hit the uh, the button, but I don't. Sorry, I still don't have that set up. I'm working on it. It'll get there. Cases of a dangerous COVID-19 variant are, quote, rapidly increasing. An expert says they're talking about, of course, the Delta variant. The Delta variant is the COVID variant that came out of India. And it accounts for nearly 10% of coronavirus cases in the U.S. now. That's a lot. With concerns it could become the dominant strain, medical experts are underscoring the importance of full vaccination. The U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says, I'm worried about those who are unvaccinated. The Delta variant is rapidly increasing here in the U.S. Well, they determined that, uh, the CDC determined that the Delta variant is a variant of concern. This is a designation given to strains of the virus that scientists believe are going to be either more transmissible or will cause more severe illness. The Delta variant, quote, appears to be significantly more transmissible than even the Alpha variant or the UK variant, which is now the dominant strain in the United States. The second reason it's concerning is there's some data that indicates that it might actually be more dangerous. And if you remember, the last time that I talked about this, I was saying I don't care if it's more transmissible. I care if it's more dangerous. And that's that's what we've been looking for. That's what this thing is. It can cause a more severe illness. They don't understand it. They don't know why. But they think that it is more transmissible and more dangerous, which is bad. Uh, this is the dominant variant in the UK. Over 90% of the cases are the variant over there. But they also say that the vaccine is uh, highly effective against hospitalization caused by the Delta variant. They say that the Pfizer biotech vaccine is 96% effective against hospitalization after your two doses. They also say that there isn't enough data about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine to know if it is effective against Delta or not. Now, one of the interesting things is you might say, well, what about Moderna? They never talk about Moderna. They're always talking about Pfizer. And the reason is more tests are being done by Pfizer, but every single, now this is, this is my observation. Okay. I'm supposed to say I'm not a doctor, but y'all know that the thing is every single time they do a test on Pfizer and then later do a test on Moderna, the results are always the same. They're always identical because they're basically the same vaccine as far as I understand it, as far as I understand it. So when you see results of testing on uh, Pfizer, you can kind of apply that to Moderna. It's the same RNA, uh, mRNA technology, and it's the same double dose and very, very, very similar in how they respond to the different variants and things like that. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Eric, hey, Eric, ET is back in the chat room and he says, not enough data about either one of them really. Uh, Oh, <laughs> Soren is asking if I'll be covering Minecraft 117. For my coverage of Minecraft 117, go to youtube.com slash Captain Dan, where I have my little Minecraft video, and I'll be posting more of them probably today or tomorrow. So uh, yes, if, if, if you're interested in Minecraft or you don't know what the heck Minecraft is, 
and you want to know what it is, you want to learn about it as I explore the world and hopefully don't die, go over to uh, YouTube Captain Dan. If you just want to search it, you've got to type in Captain Dan Minecraft. I don't know why. There's some other guy with that name, whatever. Moscow has ordered mandatory vaccinations after a spike in COVID cases over there. That's kind of a big deal. The Kremlin denied any reversal in uh, what Putin has said about compulsory inoculation. But check this out. 60% of workers at consumer-facing businesses and city employees, including health professionals and teachers, are now required to get one dose of Russia's domestically developed vaccines by July 15th. Now, of course, they have their own. They're not using Moderna. They're not using Pfizer. They're not using Johnson & Johnson. They've got their own thing. We don't know how effective it is. It seems to be kind of effective. Uh, but they're saying that this vaccination decision was difficult, but necessary. This is what I tell my kids. Guys, this is difficult, but necessary. You've got to clean up. When you take your shoes and socks off, just put them away. Don't leave your socks on the floor. Put them in the hamper. Our next story, Royal Caribbean has postponed sailings on Odyssey of the Seas after its crewmers tested positive. For COVID-19, Odyssey of the Seas usually takes off from uh, Fort Lauderdale. It's the, the I think, the big the showcase ship in the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Uh, and they had to postpone it. This is coming out of Fort Lauderdale or Miami, but Miami is where this news story comes from. Uh, it was supposed to come out of Port Everglades. It was scheduled to take place starting July 3rd. But they said, quote, out of an abundance of caution, these voyages are now on hold till the end of the month. Passengers who were booked on the Odyssey will be given other options. 1,400 crew members received the vaccine, uh, but apparently still testing positive. So, you know, it's bad on a cruise ship when people get sick. You remember those news stories a few years ago about people who got some kind of like norovirus or gastrointestinal thing, and there was flooding on the ship. It was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. uh, Eric, I will put Thanks for asking. I will put the show notes in the show notes. I'll put the Minecraft channel in the show notes in case you want to watch that. Thanks again for asking. Here's something interesting. You've heard about long COVID, right? Long COVID, if you don't know what that is, that's when you you get COVID, whether you're symptomatic or not, you get COVID, but then later on, you have other symptoms that continue to plague you and continue to last. And I know a lot of people, in fact... Everybody that I know that has had COVID, like got tested and definitely had it, have long COVID. Different symptoms for every one of them. They vary from one of my friends who literally can't go up a year later, still can't go up a step, a flight of stairs without getting winded and feeling exhausted. Never had that problem before. That's one of his symptoms. He's got more. Another one of my friends, she has uh, sort of memory issues and attention issues and things like that. So they, this is real. Long COVID is a real thing. Uh So here's the shocking, a fifth of asymptomatic COVID patients develop long COVID, a fifth of asymptomatic patients. This is patients without symptoms. They went on to experience conditions consistent with long COVID a month after their initial diagnosis. This comes from a nonprofit Fair Health Encompassed Insurance Claims from 1.96 million Americans. Um, That's kind of not great. The findings in the study shed significant light on this emerging issue for all individuals who have long-haul COVID, as well as for policymakers, providers, payers, and researchers. It's not not good news. Hmm. Study found that across all ages, the most common post-viral conditions were in order of frequency, pain, breathing difficulties, high cholesterol, 
general discomfort and fatigue and high blood pressure. People are saying, wait a minute, why high blood pressure? Why high cholesterol? These sound like blood kind of things, right? Well, if you think of COVID, and I've been saying this for since it first came out, COVID is mo- more like a blood disease. It does it does show upper respiratory type symptoms, but it causes lots of other problems inside your body with circulation, with blood pressure, with fatigue. It's not good. And they said the odds of dying 30 days or more after initially being diagnosed with COVID were 46 times higher for patients who were hospitalized with COVID and discharged compared to those who weren't hospitalized. So if it's bad enough for you to go to the hospital, you got a higher chance of dying, which is not great either, right? So they've, these symptoms varied by age, okay? So in the pediatric population, initial issues replaced high cholesterol as the third most frequent. So interesting, of course, females generally have more symptoms and have it worse than males. And um, most of the mental uh, health conditions evaluated after 30 days were anxiety, followed by depression, adjustment disorders, and tick disorder. It's not good, guys. It's not good. Uh, I have an article here that came out of the AP News uh, again, all of this is in the show notes. You just go to uh, danbenjamin.live. Is that where I have it or show? I don't know. I don't even know where this is. dbl.fireside.fm. How's that? This article here shows more evidence suggests COVID-19 was in the United States by Christmas of 2019. Interesting, right? They have blood samples from 24,000 Americans that were taken early last year. It's the latest and largest study that suggests that new coronavirus popped up in the U.S. in December 2019, weeks before cases were first recognized by health officials. It was already here and closing the borders to China and everything else and canceling flights wouldn't have mattered. It was already here. But how did it get here? How is it here so soon? Right? It says the studies are pretty consistent. This is Natalie Thornburg of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. There was probably very rare and sporadic cases here earlier than we were aware of, but it was not widespread and didn't become widespread until late February. So they say now, but the information keeps changing. So who do you believe? Uh, It emerged, of course, in Wuhan, China in late 2019. Officially, the first U.S. infection to be identified was a traveler, a Washington state man who returned from Wuhan on January 15th and sought help at a clinic on January 19th. So it's been here a lot longer. What does that mean? I'm just going to go on record and say this, and this is what I've been saying since the very beginning. I think that this was created in a lab and I think it got out accidentally. I don't think it came from bats or at least it didn't come from a wild bat and a person in some kind of wet market or whatever they call it. This is what I believe. I've always believed this. I think that this was an engineered thing. And and I think one of the things that came out a few weeks ago while I was on the little break from doing the show was that they have now found more proof of this, that there's actually, when they look at the DNA of the virus, that they actually find uh, these elements in the, I don't know a lot about DNA, but these elements in the DNA that basically say that, or, or are only in DNA when the Thing is manufactured. Am I explaining this right? Where's the where's all my scientists? Where's all my scientists in the chat room? You got to straighten this out. But that was my understanding. Fact check me on that if it's wrong. Okay, this is a big story for me and for all of you who are interested in kind of the weird stuff. Congress is receiving the Pentagon UFO report today. Remember this thing that I told you about that they had 180 days to um, to write up everything that is known supposedly about 
UFOs and deliver it to Congress. Well, there it is. One rep is saying that alien craft are from deep space and they're not sent by Putin. That's good to know. So today, Congress gets briefed on this. I'm just going to read from this article. It says, U.S. intelligence experts have produced a dossier on, I want to use that word more in regular conversation, dossier, on what the government knows about unidentified aerial phenomenon. Right. So by the way, they've, it's not UFOs anymore. It's UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. They're doing this to kind of soften the, uh, I guess, the stigma around the term UFO, unidentified flying objects. Uh, that's gone. It's UAP now. Uh, examining whether decades of orb sightings constitute a national security threat. And this is the part, and this is why you don't get a lot of these kinds of admissions, because the, the, the military's job is to defend our country, or wherever there's a military, that country, but we're talking about the U.S. here, of course. Their job is to defend us against everything, not just Russia or China or terrorism or whatever. Their job and the, the job of all of our armed forces and our security forces and everything is to defend us. Now they're about to admit or have admitted there's stuff out there. We don't know what it is. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know what it can do. And we don't have anything that gets even remotely close to matching it. Think about that. That makes our armed forces pretty nervous, right? That makes the generals and the other folks in charge, I would think, kind of nervous, right? Their job is to defend us, and they can't defend us. Not great. So that's another reason. Forget all of the other reasons about secrecy and technology and secret programs and wreckage that's been discovered. Forget all of that. The fact that these guys can't do their job because if you've seen these videos, we don't have anything like that. And I don't think these are Russian and they're certainly not Chinese or from India or something like that. Uh, Representative Andre Carson will be uh, will chair a classified briefing. Of course, it's classified about unidentified aerial phenomenon that has been conducted by the U.S. Navy and FBI officials. And uh, they go on to say, Congressman said something clearly is going on as he speculated on theories about UFOs. Um, I think the Pentagon's opening a Pandora's box. It's going to spill, and it's going to spill big. This is Debbie Ziegelmeyer of the Mutual UFO Network. It's very exciting. It means I'm not so crazy anymore. True. U.S. intelligence officials uh, services officially closed the book on the phenomenon in 1969 when they ended a project called Project Blue Book, which said there's nothing to see here regarding UFOs. Well, guess what? Now there are. And there's all this footage that came out from the USS Omaha and all of these other stories that I've talked about and we'll be talking about in a different show soon. But this is um, this is interesting. Nick Pope, who used to be an official at the Ministry of Defense, thinks the UFOs will be on the agenda if Biden talks about this, especially about the cybersecurity stuff. He says, if there's a suspicion that any of this technology is Russian, Biden will maybe say that we have some indications of this, maybe ask him to dial back that provocation. I do not think Biden will say anything or has said anything about them being Russian. I don't think he thinks it is. But our presidents don't want to talk about this. They're not allowed to talk about it. So don't expect anything from Biden. Anything that Biden says, you just you could just disregard it. It's either... At best, a smokescreen. At worst, he just doesn't know. 
They don't know. They're not told very much. Speaking of not being told very much, E3, and there were a lot of Nintendo announcements. The non-Nintendo announcements aren't even interesting. I'm not even going to talk about them. The, there, you know, there's a new character coming to Smash Brothers, if that's a thing for you. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, not a game that I play, but apparently kids like that one. Mario Party Superstars looks kind of fun. There's a new Metroid. There's a new WarioWare. But of course, what we really want to talk about are two things. The first one is the update to the sequel, uh, Breath of the Wild. We'll talk about that in a second. But also, they announced Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp is the name of it. I loved Advance Wars on the Game Boy Advance. Yes, I had a Game Boy Advance, okay? And I played it. Fine. So what? It was awesome. Advance Wars 1 and 2 were freaking awesome games. They were amazing games. These are turn-based games. They're like little war games. But the wars are fought with these kind of cute little dudes with cute little tanks. And basically, you move these things around and you attack the enemy. It can be multiplayer, two-player. It can be... Uh, you against the computer. Great fun. They're redoing them. And the video gameplay that they showed of it looks freaking awesome. This is awesome. Okay. But the main thing is the sequel to Breath of the Wild is a big deal. It's coming out in 2022. There was a lot of speculation that they were going to wait for the Switch Pro to come out before this came out. But not not the case. And I was thinking about it over the weekend. I don't think that you need that. Because here's the thing. If the Switch Pro comes out, it's not a new console. It's not a new platform. I mean, it's new, but it's not a new platform. What that means is that anything that Switch Pro does is going to have to be essentially the same as what the regular Switch does, right? It has to have all of the same basic functionality. It might have higher resolution. It might have an OLED screen. It might have better battery life. It might have a faster CPU, whatever, more storage, that kind of thing. But it's not going to be a new platform. And... It's not like they have to show off the new features of that game, of that pla- of that platform, the way that they did when they came out with Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Switch in the beginning. You don't need to worry about any of that. It's not sh- they might have better resolution built into the game, which only shows up on the Switch Pro, but they can still show you everything else with Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, first game, great game. They won't release the name of this one. They say the reason they won't release it is because it would give away too much about the game. It's kind of interesting, but it looks great. He's got some kind of gauntlet that shoots fire and other cool stuff. But anyway, this this one is, it looks to be a lot of fun. So fun stuff coming out of Nintendo. Um, into kind of the tech news, DuckDuckGo. How are we doing on time? 23 minutes. DuckDuckGo has picked up $100 million in secondary investment last year. That's a big deal. That's a, both a, a browser now on some platforms, but also a not what's, what is a non-tracking search engine. And I think this is fantastic. I use this search engine most of the time. When I'm doing software development and need to look up stuff about that, I will still use Google. For whatever reason, Google just has better results when it comes to that kind of thing. But for general purposes, DuckDuckGo is great and it doesn't track you. And you don't see terrible ad tracking and all that other technology. And here's the quote. We don't track our users, so we can't say for sure how many we have. But based on market share estimates, download numbers, and national surveys, we believe there are between 70 to 100 million DuckDuckGo users. I think it's great. I think you should definitely try it for sure on mobile, if not everywhere else. Uh, Okay. I don't know if you heard about this story, but there is a a woman who uh, had been disqualified from competing in the Olympics. She was banned for four years from international competition. Her name is Shelby Houlihan. She was a middle distance runner, currently holds two US records, but she's been banned from the Tokyo Olympics because she tested positive for the steroid Nandrolone. Nandrolone. 
She says that she's clean and she blames the test on the result of a pork burrito that she got from a food truck. Anti-doping officials do not agree, giving her the four-year ban. She says, I feel completely devastated, lost, broken, angry, confused, and betrayed by the very sport that I've loved and poured myself into just to see how good I was. Uh, So this was posted to her Instagram feed. She's 28 and she's banned from the Summer Olympics as well as the Paris Olympics. She wants to fight the ban. And she says, I'm going to continue to fight to prove my innocence. I absolutely respect and wholeheartedly support the fight to catch athletes who disrespect the sport by cheating and doping, but I'm not one of them. She says that she went to a food truck and uh, and ate a burrito. And that something in the food uh, is causing this problem. Well, it turns out that nandrolone occurs naturally in pigs. There are studies that show this. And so... Experts are saying, well, it's possible, but it's not so clear cut. It's unlikely to find that steroid in pork. She says they, they say it's not approved for use in any food animal. They use it in cattle and sheep sometimes, but it's illegal to use hormones in pigs. So it would only be there if it occurred naturally and the chances that she got it are low. I guess it's possible, right? I mean, anything's possible. Uh, okay. Some interesting information about aging. The aging process has not slowed down for humans. They say, we're just not dying younger anymore. So it's skewing the average. That's it. It's not that we're living longer. It's not because of vitamins or exercise. We're living the same length of time that we have, but life expectancy has increased for parts of the world. And that's where things are different. It's not that we have slowed our rate of aging. It's that a lot of the time, the life expectancy is just better in places where people were dying earlier because of disease or lack of medical care. So because of that, it's just skewing the whole average of aging. That doesn't mean that we can't fight against aging. We can. It doesn't mean we can't be healthier later in life. We can. But we're really not extending our lives as much as people maybe were thinking. Oh, uh, kind of in... Different news, David Bowie's painting sold for $4 at a thrift store. I can't show you the picture because I'm not hooked up to do that this time, but I will be for the next show. But he basically painted this thing and uh, it sold at a donation center in Canada for $4.09. But it wasn't until they noticed that David Bowie had signed it uh, that they thought that it might have some value. This was back in 1997. Now it's getting bid for at around $18,000. <laughs> It was part of a series of 47 pieces of art that he created before 90, created during 95 and 97. He titled the series Deadheads or D-Heads, and each piece included a non-sequential Roman numeral. And uh, this is not the first time that David Bowie's art has been found in a weird place or that his work has been found in a weird place. The earliest known recording of his singing dates back to 1963. It was found in a bread basket of a former bandmate in the band called the Conrads. So keep your eye, look out for old David Bowie stuff. Uh, This happened a week ago, but I couldn't not mention it. A customer found a seven-foot alligator inside a Florida post office. That's right. This was in Spring Hill, Florida. And uh, basically the guy came in there. I guess the post office was closed. He was there at 3.30 a.m. Maybe he was going to his post office box or just wanted to drop off, you know, something in, in the box. And uh, he was delivering a package and it said they found a seven foot or two meter, for those of you in the UK, 
Uh, roaming around the lobby, the building has automatic double doors that allow off access, off hours entry. So the gator just walked in and was hanging out in there. Uh, they consider it a nuisance animal if it's four feet or longer and it is deemed a threat to people. So it was removed and returned safely to uh, some natural habitat. Uh, also in the weird news, a man was rescued after spending two days stuck inside a giant fan in a California vineyard. 38 years old, he did require medical treatment, but he's expected to make a full recovery. He had been trapped for two days. He was discovered Tuesday by a deputy responding to a call about a suspicious vehicle parked near a winery in Santa Rosa. Uh, the deputy saw a hat on a piece of farming equipment and then found the man stuck inside the, inside the shaft of a vineyard fan and firefighters rescued him. The man indicated he liked to take pictures of the engines of old farm equipment. After a thorough investigation, which revealed the farm equipment wasn't antique and the man had far more <laughs> methamphetamine than camera equipment, the motivation to climb into the fan shaft remains a total mystery. So uh, don't take meth and climb into fan shafts. My final story for today. This is not my favorite one and be happy I'm not showing you pictures today and video. A spider apocalypse has hit Australia, covering the countryside in eerie blankets of cobwebs. This is not long after that uh, very uh, strange biblical-level mouse plague. They're calling it the spider apocalypse. Thick blankets of spider webs have been pictured stretching across the Gippsland region amid heavy rain and subsequent flooding in Victoria. So they've <laughs> they've got a, a, a rodent plague. They've got floodwaters. Well, actually, the floodwaters were first. Then they had the, the rodents. And now they got the spiders. And these pictures, uh, you can go to them in the show notes, dbl.fireside.fm. It is creepy. Um, despite the horror of social media users, Professor Dieter Hochuli from the University of Sydney determined the insects were sheetweb spiders and said the behavior is not unusual after floods. Might not be unusual, but I you don't want to look at these pictures. This is not... Ugh. And then all the mice, apparently they're crawling over people, people's faces as they sleep. The mice, not the spiders. So they want to call the mouse plague a natural disaster, but they haven't done it yet. Um, I'm sorry to all y'all if you are having to deal with this over in Australia. Uh, if I have any Australian viewers or listeners, I'll let, let uh, tell me that. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm just reading the chat room. Breath of the Wild 2, they're talking about. The character animation in Advance Wars was delightful. Vector Funk is in there. Hey, Vector Funk, watching on Twitch. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Seasmore. No kidding. Hey, Brooke, haven't heard from you in a long time. How's everything going? But that's all we've got for you today. So uh, I forgot to do all my little lower third stuff, but there is, um, there's a lower third for you for me. This is the subscribe one because I'd like you to subscribe. That's right. Click the link. Subscribe. And give me a little thumbs up when you're there. It's important. And of course, don't forget patreon.com slash Benjamin. That's how I make my living. Did you know that? That your donations pay for my ability to like pay the mortgage and put food on the table? It's true. So if that matters to you, if you enjoy the show or any of the other work that I do, patreon.com slash Benjamin. I'll, I'll, I'll show you one more time. This is the last time you're going to see this guy. He's going away. Patreon.com slash Benjamin. Thanks very much to uh, everyone for uh, being part of this program today, for contributing your money and uh, hanging out with me in the chat room when I do the show. We'll be back Friday. That's right, Friday. 
Sinan.